Amarjuna Trimanandasya, Chanajana Salakaya, Chakshun Milita Nyena Tasma, Sri Guru Venamaha, Vanchkaputu Bhishcha, Kripasindhubi Vacha, Patitanam Pamanebhyo, Vaishnaviju Namaha. Sri Advaita Charya Ki Jai. We will continue with our discussion of Madhurya Kadambani, but before we commence, some great appreciation for Advaita Charya's offering of a little Ganges water and Tulsi leaves is in order. Uh, having the insight that this simple offering would attract the Supreme, he engaged in the process. Of course, whenever the Supreme Lord advents, uh, prior to his appearance, uh, uh, those older associates come, his parents, of course, and um, spiritual masters. Um, they advent to lay the groundwork uh, for his appearance. So Advaita Charya, although a manifestation of the Supreme Lord himself, he, he laid the groundwork for Sri Chaitanya's advent by by observing the condition of the world. Uh, it wasn't, what he saw, it wasn't very good. So, even though Krishna had just, I mean, if we look at the, a day of Brahma, he had just been there, been here, performed his pastimes, you would think that uh, humanity would still be uh, in the thralls of ecstatic emotion in the aftermath of Krishna's advent, but uh, no, uh, 5,000 years was enough for uh, things to uh, to again fall into into a uh, very bad condition. Of course, Krishna advented at the end of Dwarpa Yuga and uh, after uh, after Maharaj Pariksit uh, Left and Kali was given full range. He was given some concession, as long as Maharaj Pariksit was here with us, uh, you could stay in some places where they hoard the gold. And uh, but other than that, uh, in my domain, there is no room for you. So uh, some period of time had passed, and uh, Kali Yuga had uh, made a very firm foothold uh, in humanity, and Advaita Acharya, seeing that, uh, realized the great necessity that uh, there's really no solution uh, except uh, another appearance by the Supreme himself to rectify the situation, and uh, therefore he Engaged in a in a simple what we would, what would could be considered a very simple process of sacrifice. It wasn't a, he didn't uh, perform a big uh, uh, asvamedha sacrifices and uh, follow great uh, Vedic tenets to uh, to call upon the supreme to advent. It's a simple program of of sincerity and sincerity that was. Uh, was there with a little bit of an offering of pure love. And Krishna says, uh, Patram Pushpam Falam Toyam, if there is some offering, 
a leaf, a flower, fruit, or water, that'll, that'll be enough. If there's the love, then you don't need to uh, engage thousands of Brahmins and, and uh, turn our whole, our, our whole world upside down in order to attract Krishna. Uh, we can attract him simply by some sincerity and, uh, and pureness of heart. Advaita Acharya, he, he laid the groundwork and uh, Krishna answered and invented as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he came, he, he came to give the highest benediction of Vraj Bhakti, uh, unheard of. This is, this is a, an extremely rare. Krishna had come and he had displayed his pastimes. Prakat means visible to humanity. So uh, Prakat Leela was there. That means everyone could see and should have seen this is God and this is how God loves his devotees. And uh, they should have been uh, attracted to that. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, except for those that are blessed with bhakti, and we've talked about the blessing of bhakti, the good fortune that brings bhakti into a, one's life, the jivatma's life, uh, without that blessing, then even God could be here and we would not recognize him. So, so much is there in the Bhagavatam to uh, explain these very important points and uh, we should immerse ourselves in, uh, in these transcendental literatures in order that we can advance nicely in devotional practice. Shastriya Shraddha. So we're up to the point in Madhurya Kadambani where the author, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, is presenting the elaboration upon Rupa Goswami's instructions in uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu where he lays out the various stages of progressive spiritual life. So we've come to Shraddha. Adao Shraddha Tata Sadhu Sangha. So first there's Shraddha. So how important is this Shraddha? Well, it is the foundation upon which our devotional lives uh, rest. And we need a firm foundation. Uh, without a firm foundation, then uh, there's every chance that... Uh, whatever endeavor we engage in will not be fruitful. So, Shraddha, as we discussed last class, is the basis for everything, material and spiritual, without some faith that the endeavor will, will yield the result uh, that one aspires for, uh, then no one would do much of anything. A young girl would not marry a husband in uh, in hopes of having a child and a family unless she had faith that such a marriage would bear the fruit that she desires. Uh, the intellectual uh, would not uh, spend years studying at university in order to uh, acquire the necessary degrees in order to 
fully become uh, conversant in a particular field of knowledge. Uh, the rock star wouldn't uh, sit in his basement for his whole of teenage years practicing his chords unless he had faith that eventually he could make it to the stage. So there's that, faith is there for all material endeavor and faith is the foundation for spiritual endeavor but it has to be proper faith. So we, we touched upon and we closed the last class with a presentation of the distinctions between appropriate faith upon which a firm spiritual foundation can be placed in the heart and one could advance and popular faith, uh, common faith. So two terms are there for these two kinds of faith. Uh, Shastriya, Shraddha. And there are two types of Shastriya, Shraddha, which we'll review tonight. And uh, the other Shraddha, popular faith. Uh, basically, you just go along with the crowd. Uh, so that's... Uh, what is the word? Lokiki. Lokiki. So, how are we going to have our faith? So let's go back to the verse and then we'll move forward through, uh, finish out this, this explanation and uh, move forward maybe into uh, Sadhu Sangha. So, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's verse. First strata, or faith, appears in a person qualified for bhakti. Qualified for bhakti means, well, there's no thing we can do to be qualified for bhakti. We went over this. The qualification is what? It's, it's exceptional. Uh, it's our good fortune. And that good fortune is coming from bhakti. Bhakti is like Krishna. Bhakti is fully independent. And bhakti doesn't even come from Krishna. Bhakti is coming from Krishna's devotees. And it doesn't come from all of Krishna's devotees. It comes from the Madhyam class, the people that discriminate. So, it's a very, that is, that is the entrance of bhakti into human society. Appears in a person qualified for bhakti. They've gotten the seed. And Vishwanath has explained the seed has been planted in the heart, the seed of aspiration, the bhakti lata bij, that I want to be like the bhakta that I've come in contact with. He has something I want. That aspiration is the bhakti lata that's planted in the heart, and the creeper grows, and that creeper in its initial stages of sadhana bhakti. Uh, from that creeper, two leaves unfurl. Uh, those leaves being um, uh, Subhada, Vaishagna. All material suffering is dissipated. Not immediately, but the leaves are coming and uh, material miseries will abate by the process of devotional service. 
Although the devotee, it's interesting, when we read the writings of the sages and the, the great glorious devotees, they never speak as if they've been freed of material suffering, although they're free of it. And we can see by their qualification where they stand. The degree of their faith is the barometer of their qualification. So the deeper their faith, the more qualified they are. Weak faith, weak faith is the characteristic of the Kanista Adhikari, the beginner. A stronger faith where the the true sense of, of being Krishna's devotee has entered the heart, the Mudjam stage, the devotee is completely convinced, this is what I want. I want to attain Krishna. I want to be Krishna's devotee. Um, I want to be in my, my... And being with Krishna will certainly satisfy everything that I could possibly want. So these three aspirations are there. And when those are firmly seated, uh, that's the Madhyam platform. The Madhyam Adhikari, he is... Uh, he's, he's determined but he may not be conversant enough, qualified enough to fully convince everyone that he comes in contact with. He may not have complete mastery of the scriptures. Uh, and therefore, he's in the intermediate stage. The Uttama, his faith is the, is the deepest. His faith, his faith is, is grounded not only in the Shastra, but grounded in experiential devotional. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's gone, he's, as we would say, he's, he'd certainly been blessed by the other side. He's, he's come through the stages of sadhana bhakti, he's firmly situated in bhava bhakti. Uh, uh, he, he has a true taste for devotional practice. He knows his, his ultimate objective from that practice and uh, he's coming to the stage of nurturing uh, nurturing a distinct devotional relationship with the Supreme Lord in Bhava Bhakti so uh, and that that is in and of itself sufficient uh, to liberate anyone anyone that he can, comes in contact with. And he may actually manifest in different ways. Uh, he may manifest in a way where you would think <clears throat> that, that somebody that's that advanced, well, he, he would have, uh, he would be able to convey that and would want to convey that. But not all... Uh, Autuma Adhikaris uh, <coughs> even engage in preaching. Some do not. We look at somebody like Gorakashur Das Babaji. Why waste your time? Why waste your time? These people are like such a hard work. And Bhakti Vinod Thakur, oh no, you must. This is this is the duty of Krishna's bhaktis. You have to you have to uplift humanity to this highest. <coughs> 
platform of spiritual realization. And the disciple, the Diksha and Shiksha disciples of two, two different gurus is like, which one do I listen to? Well, I have to satisfy both. So that's a unique characteristic of, of someone like, someone as qualified as a Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati. Thakur, he can satisfy both. So, Shraddha means to have firm faith in the purport of the scriptures related to bhakti. Firm faith, Shraddha. In other words, the desire to attentively, attentively follow the process of devotion as described in the scriptures with enthusiasm is known as Shraddha. So the, the Shraddha that Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur is talking about is this Shastriya Shraddha. Because what is the nature of that Shraddha? That true Shraddha that's not just, uh, you know, just a fancy, just going along with the crowd, just trying to fit in, just being a member of the church. What is the difference? The difference is that the aspirant is enthused through to his contact with a fully qualified teacher the gurus, both Diksha and Shiksha, who are fully conversed in the scriptures in such a way that they can relate the subject matter so that the student is enthused. Just hearing about these things, it enlivens the heart because of the depth it goes into the heart and it enlivens, and it enlivens in different ways. Not all devotees are going to be enlivened the same way. So we're going to touch upon that a bit. Jiva Goswami brings that out in his Bhakti Sandarbha. There are two types of Shraddha. One is spontaneous and the other arising forcibly. So that's the distinction that I'm referring to. One is spontaneous and one is forcibly. So what are these what is the distinguishing factor between these now these are not the others shraddha because Vishwanath in his verse doesn't even address laukiki shraddha he doesn't address popular the popular faith that uh, have someone it's not it's not grounded in anything that's substantial so it, it if we see um spiritual movement in somebody's life that's not grounded in something substantial, what are the chances of it really prospering? It's not deep. It's, it's uh, you know, going along with the crowd. Well, there's a big group there. Let me join. They're having fun. That's my kind of spiritual life. Look at them, you know. So, uh, that and Shastriya Shraddha, two different things. So, uh, let us touch upon the faith that Vishwanath is talking about here and what does he mean by one is spontaneous and the other is arising forcibly. Now, it's for, interesting to note, first of all, that both of these kinds of Shraddha, both of them, are, are based on Shastra. 
Both of them, both of them are Shastriya Shraddha. And both, and one is enlivened in that Shraddha by the advanced Bhakta. Enlivened and enthused in their spiritual practice by that faith, by that hearing. So, appropriate hearing is going to lead to enthusiasm. And we, we must, as sadhikas, take great care to constantly be enthused in our service. And that in, whenever we see enthusiasm waning, it's, a, it's time to turn up the fire. Turn up the fire by hearing more from the guru so that we can be enlivened in our service. And we find that we become complacent when we're not hearing. It just becomes hackneyed. Day in and day. It becomes a daily regiment that doesn't really nurture unless there's that continual infusion from the spiritual master that 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 nourishes our heart in the wonderful pastimes of the Lord or the logic required to keep us fixed. So now we're getting to the point. There are these Shastriya Shraddha is coming in two ways. One is conviction through logical argument. And that's someone forced. That's what Vishwanath is referring to by forced. It means we have our own conceptions regarding the material and the spiritual realm. And our own conceptions regarding what is spiritual life. These conceptions, unfortunately, are, are generally what? They're based on Kleshas, the head of the Kleshas being avidya, a lack of knowledge. So we have to reorient, we have to develop through hearing from the guru the proper conceptual orientation to move forward in our practice. And that takes some work. Not a lot, you just have to hear. But you have to, you have to hear attentively the more attention we give to what the guru is saying, to what's coming, then the more that avidya and those anarthas, those misconceptions, can be obliterated. So, Jiva Goswami, he gives terms to these two kinds of, of hearing, these two kinds of faith that follow hearing, the Shastriya Shraddha. One is called Ruchi Pradhana, and one is called Vichara Pradhana. The Ruchi is the easy way. It's, got, it's like Raganuga. The dis distinction between Vaidhi and Raganuga. Remember that distinction? 
earlier? What was brought out there? The Raganuga, somebody that's attracted, even in the beginning, out of a natural, a natural affinity for the Supreme. He doesn't need a carrot and a stick, a vitae, to tell him if he doesn't take the spiritual life, the material world is going to be miserable. He's never going to be happy here. He doesn't need that as an inspiration, nor does he need the hope of having the bliss of his spiritual position, which comes naturally as one distances themselves from material misery, which is only possible when we give up the conception of trying to enjoy what isn't ours in the first place. So, the Vaidhi Bhakti, the carrot and the stick of scripture, pushes him along. The Raganuga Bhakti, he's naturally attracted. So similarly, when we look at faith, we have a, a parallel. It looks somewhat similar when we look at these two kinds of faith based on Shastriya Shraddha. The one, Ruchi, Ruchi means what? Taste. So Ruchi, Pradana, means simply by hearing the narration of Krishna's transcendental pastimes, one is just attracted. He's drawn in when he hears about Krishna and the, the way Krishna interacts with his devotees and lifts Govardhan Hill and protects his devotees in every circumstance. He's naturally attracted to that, and that's called Ruchi Pradhana, that aspect. Shastriya Shraddha, Ruchi developed from hearing Shastra. And then we have the other, Vichara. Vichara means a presentation by the guru or gurus of a, the logic of understanding what is matter and what is spirit, why, why the material world is never going to satisfy, why the spiritual world will always satisfy, why the association of those that are adverse to, to serving Krishna will always end in, in an impediment to our spiritual progress and the association with Krishna's devotees will always be advantageous and the logic to, to make, to figure all that out, to convince us of what we should do. So, Vichara Pradhana, Ruchi Pradhana. These two aspects of Shraddha are there. And the expert spiritual master he weaves the two together. So when you hear his discourse, he attracts both students equally. He mixes the lila with the philosophy in such a way that he satisfies the, and nurtures and nourishes the spiritual life of the sadhaka no matter what is the foundation of their shraddha, be it ruchi or pradhan. I mean Ruchi Pradhan or Vichara. Another thing that 
Jiva Goswami brings out in his Bhakti Sandarbha is how tightly both Shraddha and Saranagati are. They, they are the purport of each other. And it's, 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 if you look at it, surrender, the, the more the surrender, the deeper the faith. And what are those six items of surrender? Accepting what's favorable, rejecting what's unfavorable, accepting that Krishna is my ultimate benefactor in all conditions. There's never a time that he hasn't provided for me and there'll never be a time he will not provide for me. He's been providing for me since time immemorial. We become so hung up in material life. We have to, we endeavor so much that we have to work so hard to, to maintain ourselves. And when you get, when you, you know, I guess you'd say I'm an old man. You'll, you'd say I'm an old man. I feel, think I'm a young man. But <laughs> You'll look at me and look at me as old. And I have gone ups and downs. I've been rich. I've been poor. I've been in, in good situations. I've been in horrible situations, all created by my own <laughs> uh, endeavors. Uh, to be master of all I survey. But, you know, there's never been a day I've gone hungry. That isn't to say that there aren't some people that go hungry. Don't get me wrong. But if you look at it, no matter what your circumstance is in material life, you have been provided for throughout your life, despite your endeavor or lack thereof. And as as we hear, you know, Krishna is feeding the 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 ants and fe- feeding the elephants, and it's not not at all difficult. So Krishna is my ultimate provider. What a level of surrender to just say yes. Let me prov- let me accept His providing for me. I will concentrate on my spiritual life and let Him take care of the rest. Let him provide what I need. It's a, it's a symptom of I surrender. So these are the, these symptoms of surrender, accepting what's favorable, rejecting what's unfavorable, accepting that Krishna's going to maintain me, and what? He's going to protect me. Going to maintain me, he's going to protect me. And the last two items of surrender, that... <coughs> Excuse me. That I give my whole self to this process, to devotional service. That I become my whole Atma, everything that there is of my existence, I dedicate that to Guru and Krishna. And we begin that with the guru, giving completely, taking the leap, uh, feeling the pinch, going out on the limb, 
any more analogies I could use. I mean, having, having, taking the plunge to say spiritual life is for me, I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate this one life to Guru and Krishna and see what happens. See how, I, how it comes out. I'll do a test. It's not a long life. It's Kali Yuga. It's not like I'm giving up the pleasures of heaven. <laughs> I'm here in miserable society where at any time I can be driving down the road and the cops pull me over and take all the money out of my trunk. Or worse, shoot me for nothing. <coughs> or I go and work my whole life for a company only to the end the company goes bankrupt and all the pension they promised me so that I could retire comfortably, comfortably is gone. How many more things? I mean, I, we could sit here all night and just talk about this stuff. It's, it, it's a good life to make a test. It's a real good life. We don't have to risk a lot because we haven't got a lot. There's not a lot going for us at this point in time in Kali Yuga. We're, we're pretty bad off, all of us. <laughs> you know? Some are worse than others. <laughs> Still, we're all, what was it? It's a Monty Python song. We're all bozos on this bus. <laughs> In Kali Yuga, it just doesn't look good for any of us. So we take the plunge. We take the pinch. We... We give more than we think we should. We surrender more than we want to. We, we dedicate more than we feel we can, can handle. Just do an experiment. See how it works out. See what happens when death comes knocking on your door. Everybody here is scared to death of death. But the quality of Krishna's devotees is, is they're fearless. Wow, could I get to that platform where death could come knocking and I could say, fine, come or go. I'll walk with you, it's fine. And to be fearless. I've noticed this one quality. It doesn't matter whether, whether my, my associates who are passing away, left and right at this stage, every day I read of another friend, devotional life is, who's left, uh, and every single passing I've read of has been amazing. Oh, he didn't suffer at all. It was, you know, she had a smile on her face to the very end. The doctors couldn't understand at all how much, how that they were, they were enduring that much pain. Anybody else would have been just, you know, but she refused or he refused any any kind of medication. So, can we get to that fearlessness, that stage? So, Shraddha, Shraddha and Saranagati. Jiva Goswami says in his Bhakti Sandarbha that these are very, very closely related. Interesting sentence here regarding the Ruchi Pradana, 
Um, the Ruchi Pradhani doesn't need all this logical explanation of everything. It says, Ruchi Pradhana devotees do not depend on this process where the guru's got to grind, not forcefully, the logic that keeps us attached to material involvement. They simply hear the Lord's pastimes from the sadhus and attain taste for them. So, hopefully we are both. We should have a little of both in us. We should be completely enthralled by the Leela of Krishna where we, where we just we develop a taste for hearing these pastimes. And guess what? The more you hear, the more the taste will come. And as for the dry logic, well, it's not dry. That's the one thing that's, that's glorious about the process. And what is offered in the Bhakti Shastras. The explanations are not dry. The explanations themselves to, to, to pull us, our roots, out of material involvement and convince us logically of the importance of spiritual life, those arguments in and of themselves are nourishing and they're very easy to take. The spiritual master can easily dissipate our misconceptions. Shraddha, Adha, Shraddha, Tata, Sadhu. Sadhu, next stage. After attaining faith, one takes shelter of a guru and inquires about the rules and regulations of the devotional process. By following them, one gets the fortune of associating with soft-hearted, realized sadhus endowed with a similar mood. What really are the rules and the regulations? What is the intent? We're not really about rules and regulations. We're about association, sadhu sangha. So when the spiritual master sets forth the rules and regulations, do this, don't do that, if you look carefully at those rules, even, you know, what we see is simply trying to bring the materialist to the platform of human life. Truthfulness, cleanliness, austerity, and mercy allows us, when properly cultured through the direction of the spiritual master, allows us to be human with each other so that we can associate with the sadhus. That's what they're about. Truthfulness, cleanliness, austerity, and mercy let us be human beings. Being Coming to at least the platform of human life lets us sit together comfortably with others and pursue spiritual life. So the guru is simply saying, do this and don't do that so that you don't offend the sadhus and they will keep you in their, in their company. 
if you want to get married, marry one woman. Don't try to steal other people's wives. If you go into a company, into a group of sadhus and start stealing wives, they're going to kick you out and you're not going to be able to hear and they he- you're not going to be able to hear in such a way that you can advance spiritually. You're not going to be... A- the guru is going to have no... He's very merciful, but he's going to have no... You're going to leave. I have other people I'm looking out for. You're simply creating a disturbance in the society. Or if you're getting intoxicated and the other devotees are like, well, I just, I'm struggling giving that up and you're coming around here all, uh, you know, all glassy-eyed and I, I want to be glassy-eyed. I remember what it was like. It, it creates a disturbance. Or you want to eat any damned old thing. You want to go and just, you know, grab anything off the shelf at the store and just stuff it in your mouth without some, 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 consideration of where it came from without developing a culture of giving before taking of loving and appreciating what what is coming to you as prashadam so you don't develop that appreciation the devotees are like yeah it just doesn't work Just try walking in the kitchen and, and picking up a spoon while Bhakti Ross is cooking her sabji and say, well, let me taste that. <laughs> See how far you get with that. Try that two or three days and there's, she's going to station somebody at the door and if you walk anywhere near the kitchen, you're going to be clubbed. <laughs> Do it for a week or so and you're kicked the hell out. You're out of here. This Come to human life. This is what the rules and regulations are for. Let's be human beings so that we can get along and live with each other. Develop a little courtesy, a little humility, a little appreciation. Don't be an animal. If you want to be an animal, then go with the live with the animals. There is cities full of animals that will love to have you. You'll fit right in. And there are so many varieties. You have unlimited choices of what group you want to go with. The rock and roll animals, these animals, that. It just, hey, come on. The opera animals, the intellectual animals. All animals. They have no desire for this spiritual life. So, the guru is there. He gives some regulation. The regulation whereby we can live together peacefully and we can pursue spiritual life in a way that will be beneficial to us. That will let us live in his association and serve him and his associates. So Sadhu Sangha. Sadhu Sangha coming to what point? Guru. To have that absolute merciful benediction of initiation. Tasmad gurum prapajeta jignasu shreya uttama sabde pare chanisnatam brahman upasamasraya We seek out a qualified sadhu 
and we test according to this. He is testing us and we are testing Him. Is He really, really going to nurture my spiritual life? And He is saying, is He really serious enough to take to spiritual life? So this one verse is pivotal to an understanding of the important point of Sadhu Sangha. Tasmad Gurum Prapajeta. Therefore, a person anxious to know the supreme welfare of a living entity will take shelter of a guru. The guru should be expert in explaining the Vedic scriptures and the scriptures revealing the essence of the Vedas like the Bhagavatam and others. He should have transcendental realization of the personality of Godhead as well, meaning he should be devoted to him. We touched on this before. What did we say? You can't give what you don't have. So, we're careful. And we, we, we've been given direction. If we look to the nectar of instruction, Upadesha Amrita by Srila Rupa Goswami, he's carefully laid out the qualifications of the bona fide spiritual master. And my spiritual master, in commenting on this Upadesha Amrita, uh, he made the point, you can take as guru even somebody that's not as qualified as this verse from the Bhagavatam speaks, fully conversant with the scriptures so that he can lay them out in such a way, as I said, that we are enthused in devotional practice, that we are enlivened either by the pastime aspect, the leela of Krishna, or the logical aspect of spiritual life in general. This is the bona fide spiritual master, somebody at at least the Mudjam platform. But my spiritual master in the poor poor says, you could take initiation from somebody who's a kanista, lower platform, but guess what? You're not going to progress very nicely due to his insufficient guidance. Well, that's why there's a testing period where we make sure and this is not this is an ongoing process because spiritual life is ongoing. So we're constantly making sure that we are in that association that's nurturing our spiritual growth. And if we're in a situation where we're stagnating, we need to make a change so that we're back, we come back to the stage of steadily progressing in our practice. Uh, some discrimination is there. And luckily at this stage in the Western world, there is ample opportunity that, that to some extent was not there when His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami came to the Western world. He was the great-grandfather, and we were all children. Now you have so many, so much. It's filled in. It's now a full family. And you have much nurturing available to you, much sadhu sangha. 
to, to, to take advantage of. People that have treaded the path for years. People that know the philosophy. People that pretend they know the philosophy. <laughs> people that can discriminate between those that know and those that are putting on a show. You have to stay in the good association that's going to nurture you. It's a progressive. You are changing. Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev, he says, there is, you're always, the guru is always manifesting. He's coming before us. And we are going, as we go through the different planes of our spiritual advancement, the guru is coming. He specifically says this in, in, a, in, a, uh, in a question that was presented to him. Uh, we recently posted, uh, uh, I posted, or Bhakti Ross posted that question. Someone had posed, does the spiritual master have to come back for us? And he said, this is a misconception. And his, in his detailed explanation, I can give that to anybody that would like it, or you can go to Facebook on the Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's pretty close to the top of the dialogue there. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful dialogue where he explains that the student, is, the guru is constantly coming according to the different planes that we're going through as we advance in our spiritual life. that doesn't mean that we foolishly jump from one tree to the other. <laughs> that will not work either. You know when you have spiritual, we have to be careful that the mind doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't misconstrue uh, our material, uh, what do we want to say? It's a word I'm looking for, discontent our material discontent, and, and simply jump. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in detail as we get to the six stages of Anista Bhajana Kriya. All right, I'll take your leave. I thank you for your association. Thank you. Hare Krishna.